0: Um, have a handful of announcements as always, first of all, thank you so much for those of you 've been caring for our family. Um, it, we have food coming out of our 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 fridge just we 're busting out of food, so um, you know, if you want to come and have a meal, we have lots of food to share. I should probably ask Joanna before I said that, um, <laughs> but uh, things are going well with baby hope so literally last week, right after this, we went to um, Roseville uh, for some food and to pick up some groceries, and then on the way back, Joanna started getting serious contractions, and we happened to hit bumper to bumper traffic because there was an accident right on the highway. And as many of you guys know, uh, one of our babies, Eden, I, I delivered her in the house because we can get to the hospital in town t- time, and we're like, okay, well now this is a new one, we get to deliver the baby in the car, and so I delivered the baby. I didn't deliver the baby. Um, the, the Lord was kind and opened up the traffic, and we got to the got home. and And uh, TK was there, and Chart was there to help us with the kids. and And the baby was born. And so, hope Shalom is here. And we, it's been a sweet week. So, thank you for serving us. Amen. Thanks. Um, which is cool because last Sunday we had the baby dedication, and yet the baby was born too. So, um, so that's that. Um, we also this is our second to last week or um, if, you, if you're a nerd, the penultimate week that we're at Jubilee Church Building, okay? So we're going to be here next week, and we're going to have a baptismal service, and we're going to open up that screen, and there's a baptism there, and we're going to do uh, something really sweet, and I'm going to talk to you more about that. Um, and then there's one more announcement that I'm forgetting. Yes, we, we ha- well, I'm going to bring that up. We're also going to bring in new members next week. <laughs> And those new members, um, uh, and 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 also baptists. Uh, oh my God! <laughs> Help me, Lord! I'm so distracted. And also baptisms. Okay, so um, we're also going to be bringing um, Daniel and Kate Simmons into membership next week. So that's going to be exciting. Okay, so um, this is i uh, I'm going to share something new about what we're doing as a church, and as as you guys know. When we planted this church, we really wanted to reach unbelievers. We really wanted to reach those that no one's reaching. And the challenge is, in the Twin Cities, is that a lot of churches grow just based off other Christians at other churches that are not happy at their church. And we wanted to avoid that. In doing that, we created our membership pathway to be able to weed out people who are coming here for wrong reasons And also to encourage the people who want to come to serve and to grow and to love one another like a family. And so in doing that, we created this pretty hefty membership pathway, which has made it very challenging for some people to join our church. Which has been kind of the point in the beginning because we've been wanting to um, really focus on caring for one another and making sure that we can disciple people well. And so that's created a really robust, healthy membership um, that, would, that is unusual, and a lot of you guys have experienced the fruits of this family that we've had. At the same time, it's made it challenging for those who are coming from a non-Christian background to connect with our church. Some people who come from backgrounds where they don't know anything, and they were like, hey, you want to be a part of our church? Here's this long membership pathway. And we don't want to create an unnecessary stumbling block for them also. And so this has created another challenge that we um, were expecting, but not as much as we have. As you guys know, our membership, um, there's a, on, on the slide up there, our mission statement is to follow Jesus in everyday life while helping others do the same, especially those far from God. And if we want to be f- consistent with our mission, we want to be able to do that last phrase pretty well. And by God's grace, he has been bringing more and more people who are in that category into our life. And so because of that, we're having to rethink how we're doing membership in a way that is faithful to the Bible, faithful to our commitments, but also more accessible. And so this is a work in progress, and we need you guys to pray for us as we're thinking on how to do it. Um, also, not long ago, Cities Church, our sending um, church, rethought the way they did baptism with, in regards to children, not infants, but older children. And and I'm so distracted right now, Lord help me. And also, a few months ago, Dale Gruber right here brought up to the other leaders. He said, "Hey, I don't think we're being as faithful to the way we're the biblical pattern for baptism at our church." And so, we have been internally dialoguing, researching, and praying for the last few months. And I want to kind of share with you guys briefly. A new way forward that we're moving towards. We don't have it all worked out, but we want to invite you into it, especially in light of next week's baptism, okay? So let me tell you first kind of where we've been at. Historically for us, we've had a wait-and-see approach when people say they want to trust in Jesus and follow Jesus. In other words, if we say we preach the gospel every week, and we call people to repent and believe in Jesus— And typically when we have done that and people said, yes, I want to believe in Jesus, we will say something like, great, well, let's walk with you for a while. Let's see if this repentance is real. Let's really see if this faith is real. And we haven't said it exactly like that, but it unintentionally can create this kind of sense that you have to do a certain amount of things, act a certain way to prove that you truly have faith. And as you guys know, the gospel is not like that. The gospel is come all, come freely, trust and hope and believe, and you can have Christ if you want him. But in the way we've phrased it, the way we have operated, we have created sometimes hoops and barriers for people to feel like they're just never righteous enough to be baptized. Which we all know is ridiculous because none of us are righteous apart from Christ, And we've created these boundaries that have made it hard for some people who are far from God to be part of the family and get baptized and be a member and take the Lord's Supper with us because they haven't been able to cross every T and dot every I, like many who come from church backgrounds who already have so much background already there. And so we have been rethinking through this challenge because this rationale of waiting and seeing has merit Because we don't want to baptize people who aren't actually Christians, because then we can be giving them a false sense of assurance that they're Christians when they're not. And that's a danger. And that's why, historically, many people have waited and seen. Some churches in church history have given two years before they would baptize someone to make sure they teach them and go through all these things. And so there's a rich history of waiting and seeing that we have embraced and we have followed And this is especially helpful in cultures where Christianity is the dominant religion and and very advantageous for your relationships and your finances and your status. But yet, there's some dangers, as I've noted. One of the dangers is, is, is that we could create legalists here, where people feel like they're never sanctified enough, never mature enough to be baptized. And we do not want to do that. Also, We are encouraging people to have unhealthy levels of doubt rather than faith in Jesus. And so, contrary to the gospel, which says, look at Christ, I guess there's there's a cross, but look at Christ, we're saying, look at yourself and see if there's enough Christ in you to be baptized, which there is a sense of healthy introspection of your fruit in your life, but yet we've, this way to go about it can often create unhealthy levels of it. Another thing to, to note is that you can know something truly and yet not fully. And so someone can know something in, in, in an infant way, in a childlike way, kind of like what Jesus says, let the children come to me, you should have faith like a child. And yet they don't know the full complexities of the atonement, and they don't know everything about the Bible, and they, don't, they can't understand everything on our statement of faith, and yet they truly believe in Jesus. They truly hope in him sometimes we're saying, no, 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 that, that's true, that's good, but you need more than that. And, and Jesus doesn't seem to do that. And also, finally, there's also blessings, And not finally, second to finally, penultimately, sorry, being a nerd again. There are also blessings to membership that these people who maybe are infants in their faith are not having access to because we're saying you've got to wait longer. So they're not allowed to be part of DNAs, so they're not taking the Lord's Supper, they're not part of MCs officially, and they don't get the same kind of pastoral care that all of us get. All of us think that are important. And so maybe this person has true saving faith, and yet because they're in this position of wait and see, they can never truly grow because they don't have all the special means of grace that we have as a church. And most importantly, the biblical pattern is this. Would you look at Acts 2, 36 through 41? Only some of you can read that because it's very small. But let, me read, let me summarize it to you. Peter is preaching. This is the first recorded sermon after Jesus is resurrected um, from an apostle. And he's preaching, and it says in verse 37, that when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to, the, to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And what does Peter say? Well, let's take a process of a couple years to see if you really believe what I just said. No, no, he, he didn't say that. In verse 38, he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 41, you see those who accepted this message were vetted. No, were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And so you see the biblical pattern even from the beginning was if you repent and believe, all right, let's get in that tub. Let's baptize you. They, they didn't do it in tubs. Um, And even John the Baptist, when he says stuff like bear fruit in keeping with repentance, he's not saying bear fruit enough so that you can get baptized. He's saying if you're you're trusting in Jesus and you're repenting from your sins, keep doing it. Keep doing it. And and finally, let me show you Romans 6, 1 through 4. And I know this is getting long, but this is important. If you look at Romans 6, 1 through 4, Paul is addressing people who are saying, hey, I'm going to continue to sin because God gives me grace, and I want grace to abound. What, what does he do? He points back to their baptism in verse 3. He calls them to their baptism, reminds them, hey, remember what you committed to. Remember what you said that day. And he calls them to that, which is different. It's not saying, hey, one day you can get baptized. He said, no, 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 this is what happened. And so what the Bible does is it, it, when people trust in Jesus, they get baptized. And then from then on, we hold them to what they've, called, what, what they've committed to, what they said that they would do through their baptism. And so moving forward as a church, delaying baptisms has its dangers. And baptizing shortly after someone trusts in Jesus has its dangers. And here's the big question that you can ask yourself with us. Which dangers are we willing to live with? See, there are always going to be false assurances no matter what you position you take and no matter if you give people a 10-year process before you baptize them. There's going to be people who will be deceived, people who will fall fall through the cracks, and, 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 and it will be on the case if you baptize them right away. And we see this throughout the Bible and see this in church history. However, encouraging unhealthy levels of doubt, potentially adding to the gospel, and potentially pushing seekers away is something that I'm not okay with. And certainly we will have false professions. And like the daily reading Bible plan today, if you read Mark it talks about different soils, right? Some soils are going to receive the, receive the word with joy and then fall away. And others are going to be choked up because of the cares of the world. We cannot see what soil is, what, what soil someone has. And sometimes the soil will only reveal itself years later. And all this is worn in the Bible. We, the Bible knows that this is going to happen. So rather than raising the bar to get in, we're going to raise the bar of what it means to be a Christian after you're already in. We're not going to raise the bar further than where the Bible goes, but we're going to call us all to the Bible. And so, let's say we lead someone to faith this week. Let's say one of you do, does that. Pray, I hope that happens. And next week, they get baptized. And during the, week, during the weeks and months that go on, they're following Jesus. Praise God. And let's say during the weeks and months that go on, let's say they start straying away and they say, no, I don't want to follow Jesus now. Well, then, then what we do is we confront them. We talk to them. And so for us to go forward well, we need to have healthy discipleship. We need to walk with people on a daily basis and encourage them and challenge them. Every week, I'm challenged by my DNA group. Every week, by Mark and Theo. Every week, they're calling me on the carpet. Every week, they're helping me follow Jesus. And that's what we're going to have to do well. We're going to have to do that really well. And we're going to for sure have times we're going to have to discipline people. But that, to me, is worth it if it means opening up the door for those who are truly trusting in Jesus instead of shutting it on them or pushing them away. This coming Sunday, we have four candidates for baptism. And the reason why I'm going to share their names is I want you to pray for them this week because they will go through hell this week, okay? I know that's strong language, but they will be attacked this week. They will be discouraged. Old tempters will come back from the past. And so would you pray for Mitch, Would you pray for Seth? Would you pray for Susanna? Would you pray for Charlotte? That the Lord would keep them. We want to support them. And so next week, Ross is going to preach on baptism even further and what it means to follow Jesus. And then we're also going to be continuing to rethink the way we do membership and the way we explain that. So would you pray for us and give us input on how we can do that better?